All right. Um, hey, everybody. Um, let us go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Father, we thank you for all that you are. I give you praise, the honor, the adoration, God. May you be magnified and glorified in everything it is that we do. Take absolute control of the teaching today, of the message that will come forth. Father, I pray that your spirit will just lead me. I don't want any part of this to be fueled from my flesh, um, but completely and totally from you. Father, I humble myself and I pray for every heart, every mind to be in a position to receive what it is that you have for them today. And may we leave changed, different, matured, and not remain the same. We honor you and we praise you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so, y'all, um, I would like for us, before getting into uh, today's topic, for us to kind of debrief on what we talked about last week. Because what we talked about last week will actually segue into the topic today. Um, so can I get some people to tell me what we learned last week? Um, until Eunice spoke, what did we, what did we learn? What do we remember from last week? Anybody? I have something. Okay. So was it Auntie Eunice who talked last week? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I think she talked about the four soils, like the parable of the four soils. Yeah. Um, and I guess one thing I got from that was um, you obviously want to be um, the good soil. The soils represent types of people, and you want to represent the good soil because um, that would basically provide an ideal environment for God's word to grow and be fruitful in you. Man, thank you for that. Um, anyone else? Anybody else remember anything else that we talked about? Um, yeah, so I learned that um, basically, you know, the soil is like our hearts. And basically, like, the seeds were um, God's word. And so um, I thought that it was just very important that we position ourselves, you know, and our hearts for God to um, have his word in it so that we can take it and apply it. Amen. Thank you for that, Leslie. There... One other person that can share. Does anybody remember um, we, she, she read a passage from, from James 1. Can anyone tell me what was in that passage that we spoke on last week? No one? Does being doers of the word sound familiar? I hope so. I hope so. Um, yes, yes. Um, we also talked about being a doer of the word and not just a hearer, right? 
Um, so just as Leslie and Abna uh, referred to, right, we talked about the four different soils in that parable in Matthew. Um, and if no one has gotten the chance to read it, I suggest you read it. Um, it's also found as Matthew. You can find it, well, we read it from Luke, um, Luke chapter eight, but you can also find it in Matthew chapter 13. Um, I thought it was pretty cool because I was kind of comparing, you know, the different, um, the two, like the same parable, but written in the different places. And so it was, was kind of cool to read, but um, so please do that. Um, so just a breakdown, right, very quickly. The four types of soils, if you will, the first one we talked about, um, or is, that's, that's in the passage, um, refers to the path that the seed, the word of God falls on the path. And on this path, right, it's very surface, very surface. Um, essentially, it doesn't even go inside, right? It doesn't take any root. It's not being implemented in any way. Um, and in fact, it can easily be snatched up. The Bible talks about birds snatching it up, um, snatching the word and people trampling on it, right? And so uh, Christ goes ahead to explain the parable. And in that he talks about, uh, that is to describe um, people who don't believe, right? So complete unbelievers, they may hear a word and doesn't really do anything, right? Um, now there's the rock, rocky soil, right? The seed that falls on the rock in that environment, in that soil, um, it takes no root, okay? And that's to, I guess, show, like it's to explain people who um, fall away due to testing. Testing, trials, hard times. Um, the seed, the word that they received, um, the things of God that they received is not able to take root because different things is happening, right? Um, I know we can all experience tough times, hard times. Um, and in those times, somehow that seed doesn't, it just falls away someplace. It's not taking any root, okay? So then we have the thorny ground. Thorny ground. Now, thorny ground is interesting because it does take root, right? But what happens here is that the thorns choke out the life of that seed. The Bible speaks on um, being choked out by cares, riches, and pleasures of life. Okay. So, geez, it can be anything from you know, one's job, school, uh, just different hardships. This person doesn't like me. Um, you're beefing with somebody. Um, I mean, anything, anything, pleasures. You want this, you want that. Um, riches, people just trying to get money. Different pleasures, riches, and cares of this life will choke out the potential for that seed to grow, right? And the Bible, if you read um, in Luke, it specifically says that the fruit that comes of it doesn't mature, okay? So then we go to the good soil. And this good soil does take root and it does bear fruit, okay? Now, if we look at all these four different kinds of soils that is explained in this parable, we see a commonality with the path, the rock and the thorns, which is it bears no fruit, okay? Simply put, all those three bear no fruit. The only kind of ground that bears fruit is good soil, okay? 
Now, if we want to be, right, if we want to be fruitful Christians, we've got to be good soil. We've got to find a way to be good soil, okay? And when I thought about good soil, my Auntie Eunice was referring to, she's saying fertile soil, fertile soil. And I was like, okay, all right. What does that actually mean? <laughs> you hear it. I think we all know what it means, but I thought I would go ahead and look up the definition. And just in general, to be fertile is to be able to produce, to reproduce, okay? If you are not fertile, you cannot reproduce. Simply put, okay? So if we are to be fruitful Christians, we have to reproduce things of God. Godly character, fruits of the spirit, you name it, right? Godly things should be produced in our lives. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of something called the Great Commission, but that's in the Bible, right? Where Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 18, um, he tells the disciples to pretty much make disciples of all nations, baptizing them to do as they saw, etc. Please read it, okay? It goes into, he's very clear. If you see just from that scripture alone, you see that he wants us to go ahead and make more, okay? Now, I wanna be very clear. When I say us make more, it's nothing in our power that we can do. It's all by God and his spirit at work. But we do have a responsibility of going out, talking with people and that sort of thing. So that's what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the role in which we play. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about growing things at all. My mom is the one with the green thumb. I literally get a plant and it dies. I, I don't know. It just, I try, right? But when I looked into how to make soil fertile, I was like, this, it takes work. It takes work to make soil fertile. When I Googled it, there were things like, make sure it has nutrients, right? It has to be moist, get rid of weeds, um, remove any kind of chemicals, and so on and so forth. But by seeing that, I realized that soil that is fertile doesn't happen by accident. There has to be work. You've got to dig up the ground. You've got to do all kinds of things to get it in a proper condition to be able to take a seed and allow that seed to be fruitful, to grow roots and be fruitful. Okay. So one question that I have is how can we have good soil? as believers, as Christians, how are we supposed to do this, right? There has been something I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me specifically. So this message is not just for y'all, it's also for me. And sorry, the lighting in here is terrible. So if you see me going in and out, please apologize. <laughs> um, the Lord has been speaking a lot to me about discipline. Um, different things and different sermons, like just different things that I was listening to and hearing. And as I was surrounding myself with, with different people, I just kept hearing that topic of, 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 sorry, of discipline. Right. And I felt 
it was important to, to, to speak on discipline today. But I thought it was so interesting that Auntie Eunice spoke on the parable um, of the sower because it so easily ties into that. I was like, all right, awesome, Lord, we got this. So here we go, right? One major key to help us have good fertile soil is discipline. Is discipline. Okay. Now, what is discipline? The definition I found says to train oneself to do something in a controlled and a habitual way. All right. So. Um, I also heard. I was listening to this guy on YouTube and he said something so simple. It was just so simple, but it clicked. He said, you cannot be a disciple of Christ without discipline. And I was like, oh, snap. I feel like this message is really, really important because As we all know, we've there's been a lot of things that's been going on in life, right? And just different experiences and people passing away and just just I mean other believers, other followers of Christ, people we look up to, you find out later on that they like was kind of in a lifestyle of habitual sin that nobody really knew about, but then comes out, you know, just all these different things and I find myself um, asking and also hearing others ask, why are Christians not fruitful? Why are we not effective? One of the reasons is because we lack discipline. Simply put, I don't know about y'all, but I find that a lot of times, I don't think it's any fault necessarily of their own, but a lot of times I find Christians, we tend to overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate things too much. Now, the things of God is very complex. And the Bible says that we will never fully even know the entire depth and breadth of God and the ways of God, right? We'll only truly know some portion, some aspect of God. Um, but one thing, simply put, that we need to keep in mind is that we've got to put in work in order to reap the fruits. All right. Okay. So I also just kind of went into ask, like, what is a disciple? What does that mean? You hear a disciple and you know, it's somebody who like kind of, you know, follows or whatever. But when I looked into the definition, it's someone who's a follower or a student of somebody, right? To model a behavior, a lifestyle of a particular person or thing, right? To be a disciple. So if we, for those of us, for those of us who are trying to be more than just believers, but followers of Christ, that means we need to be disciplined, right? To be a disciple of Christ. It doesn't happen by accident, y'all. It just doesn't. Um, All right, so 
why discipline? Let's turn our Bibles to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. All right. All right, this passage here tells us that discipline is important because our flesh and our spirit are against each other, okay? So very quickly, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, right? In our spirits, inside of us. But that and our flesh are two different things, right? So let's go ahead and read. So Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay. So I'll just stop there. Um, our flesh and our spirit is constantly at war. Right. And sim just a simple example. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation, you know, maybe where you're sitting there and you know there's dishes to be done and you're like oh, i really don't feel like doing these dishes though i really don't feel like doing them but inside of you you know deep down you have this convicted feeling right there's conviction there where you think if i get this out the way now it's better that you know it's better that way or if I do these dishes, it'll really make my mom happy. Um, you know, that's just one simple example. Um, there are times where we feel like being on social media, but we know our spirit says, nah, you probably should spend more time or even some of that time doing something more productive. times we feel like talking to somebody we probably shouldn't be 
but our spirit is trying to warn us against that, <laughs> okay? You know, um, those are just very natural, practical examples that we deal with on a day-to-day. And those are things that are important to recognize when our flesh is saying one thing and the spirit is saying the other. Right. And that's why it's so important um, that if we see that one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Discipline helps with that self-control. Okay. So how do we discipline ourselves in the things of God? We read our Bible, personal uh, Bible studies, right? We pray. We take the time to fellowship with others. These are things we already know, okay? We, we've been, we know these things. But until we do it, until we apply it, our flesh will continue to grow because our spirit is not being fed. Okay. We ultimately bear responsibility if we are not helping ourselves and being disciplined, putting things in place to help us read our Bible more, help us listen more to worship music, right? Just consume ourselves be around, expose ourselves more to the things of God. And just a few quick examples that I thought of was a schedule, right? Sometimes we need to put a schedule down. We can sit there for hours on social media and not even realize hours pass by. I'm speaking to myself. I don't, yeah. I'm speaking to myself, <laughs> right? Or finding ways, making sure that we are conscious enough to limit ourselves to ungodly things, like limit ourselves from the exposure of godly things. You know, if you know you got those friends who are not necessarily trying to, to do things God's way or not necessarily trying to follow the things of God, You should probably limit yourself. If your goal is to actually do what the word says, if your goal is to help your spirit man grow so that your flesh doesn't overpower it, applying the information that we receive in teaching Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Right? Sometimes I think about people who kind of dabble into Christianity. Um, and I hear a lot of the times them say things like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of a religion where, you know, I'm being told what I need to do. Uh, do this, don't do this. Sounds like God is just a controlling God, right? Um, and the fact is, it's so funny because when I've heard things like that, I'm like, okay, I, I see your, I see your perspective. I, I can definitely see your perspective. But as believers and as we mature, if we understand that the things of God is direct opposition to the things of the flesh, we will begin to understand that it's not God who's being controlling. 
it's not about do this and don't do that. It's about trying to strengthen our spirit, man. It's about putting, submitting our flesh, putting our flesh under submission, right? So that our spirits can grow. So ultimately we are aligned with the things of God. You know, and that's why in Matthew chapter 17, it talks about temptations and it says, if your hand or your foot or your eye is causing you to sin, cut it off. You know, sometimes people hear things like that and they're like, oh my gosh, the fact is, it's the, it's discipline. If I know If my goal, right, is to try and lose weight and I know that my body blows up if I eat some rice, I probably shouldn't eat rice. <laughs> Otherwise, I won't attain my goal. That's just the way it is. It's got nothing to do with control or being told what to do. Simply, it is the goal that we are trying to attain, right? I love John the Baptist says in John 3, verse 30. He says that he must increase. He's talking about God. Christ must increase. But John himself must decrease. Whether we like it or not, the fact is there's a tug of war happening. There is no such thing as sitting in one place. Y'all can imagine tug of war happening. Is there a neutral? There's a neutral spot in the beginning, right? But once you say go, once you accept Christ, there's a tug of war. One will be the winner. There's no neutral. There's no such thing as I'm just, you know, I'm hearing the word of God, but then there's no change. If that's the case, that just means you're not putting in the work so that your flesh is being put under subjection. All right. Um, Romans 8. Five to seven. I'm just going to read verse seven. It says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. It's the sinful nature, it's just what it is. Indeed, it cannot, is what it says. Right. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Our flesh is literally unable to submit to God's law. It is the spirit of God in us as we continue to give it things to grow. But we have got to be disciplined. Right. Um, I've it's so interesting. Right. I always say I pretty much lived under a rock for most of my life. <laughs> um, but I think as of late, I've been having more conversations with people and picking certain people's brains. that I just did not realize I, I honestly generally did not realize, right? I'm obviously, I'm not perfect, y'all. But I did not know how many Christians, I'm talking active believers, 
people who will pray with you, people who will quote Bible verses, do all these things. How many of them allow certain things that are sinful in nature according to scripture? Just give it a pass. How can you tell me you're a Christian, but you're just completely okay with fornication? How? I am shocked. I just didn't realize how many people there are out there. And the fact is, there are levels to this thing. We become believers, we accept Christ. But after that, you guys, there is work that needs to be put in. Because our flesh does not like the things of God. I heard it once said that worship music isn't even supposed to make us feel good. You know why? That's because it puts our flesh under subjection. Our flesh does not like that. That's why it's hard sometimes to pray because our, our flesh, our mind, we're thinking about all these other things. Right? It's, it's the, the sinful fleshly nature. But we need to recognize that we've got to do things. We've got work to put in. There was a time in my life where I just thought if I did ministry, somehow it would just all happen. And I learned now that that is not true at all. I struggle reading my word, y'all. <laughs> but as I put in the work, as I just sit there and say, okay, let me wake up. Let me give God 15 minutes. Before I know it, the spirit of God is at work and I'm just... 30, 45 minutes passes by and I'm like, what? What happened to the time? But if we don't get past that initial resistance from the flesh and put it, discipline it, discipline ourselves enough to do the things that the word says to do, we can't call ourselves disciples. We're all trying, we're all striving, right? To be like Christ. But there are people out there who call themselves Christians. The world considers them a Christian, but the fact is they're not truly following Christ. And you know that, why? Because there's no fruit in their lives. In the same way that a student, right? You're in school, you're in college, wherever. If you're not doing so well in math, what are you gonna do? Practice math problems. Do you like it? No. <laughs> but what is it gonna do? It's gonna help strengthen you in that area. I hated writing. Two page paper, I used to, I would cry in college. Cause I'm like, I don't wanna do this. But the more you do it, the better you become, the easier it gets. But then I want to do it. No, our flesh doesn't want to do things. It feels like doing things and it doesn't feel like doing things. But you guys, we've got to have the mindset that I've got to push forward and do this. Otherwise, there will be no growth. Also the same as, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna wrap up very soon. Um, as an athlete, I'm sure we have plenty of athletes here today. And I'm sure I would hear from you guys that it doesn't feel good initially, maybe even still. You work out, your body sore, it don't feel good. But we all know that is going to help to strengthen us, right? And say we're really strong. We have really strong, I don't know, leg muscles. <laughs> I'm going for this, y'all. Really strong leg muscles, but really terrible core muscles. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to strengthen the core. And in the same way, 
we have got to apply that same logic to Christianity. It's so funny to me when I hear people say, oh, Christianity, this and that, it's too much do's and don'ts, da, da, da. But they're completely okay with the simple examples I just provided. We've got to change our perspectives. If we are willing to put in work for school, for our jobs, for extracurricular activities, we've also got to put in work in knowing the things of God, getting close to him, learning him, understanding him trying to position our hearts to hear him. This world is temporary. This life is temporary. Without discipline, we cannot and will not be transformed by the renewing of our minds, like it says in Romans 12, 2. That's why it says it there. We are transformed. It happens as long as we put in the work, as long as we're exposing ourselves to the things of God and being intentional about it. Once we do that, we allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And you guys, before you know it, you'll be growing maturing, ministering to people. And you, didn't even, you just had a simple conversation with somebody, felt led to pray for somebody and somebody's crying in front of you. This is not something, it's all the spirit at work here, but he cannot do that in you unless you put in the work to strengthen that spirit, man. Okay. So just in closing, I just want to ask, just a general ask yourselves, what category of soil do you fall in? Are you producing fruit? Great. Continue producing more. If not, we've got to assess reassess where our hearts are. The fact is, God is a complete gentleman, okay? He's not going to force us to do anything we don't want to do. It's completely up to us if we want to have a greater, deeper, more intimate relationship with him. It's up to us if we just want to stop at believing God. Yeah, I believe God is my Lord and Savior. And you just, 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 just right there. That's it. Continue to act like every other person in the world. In order to be set apart, we have to look like Christ. And in order to look like, before we can look like Christ, We've got to put in the work. Okay. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, I hope and pray. The fact is we all have free will. But I pray for those who want a deeper relationship with Christ that we can come to a place where we say no longer will we make excuses for following the crowd or allowing things to slide. Oh yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll do all these other things, but this one thing, I'm just going to hold on to this. This one sin, this one, I don't know, 
thing that I know God is not happy with, but I'm not going to even try and put in any work to, to subject my flesh so that the spirit of God can help me in that area. I pray that we can say no more. It's no longer enough, you guys. No longer enough. Um, I'm going to repeat James chapter 1, uh, verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I literally underlined <laughs> deceiving. I didn't even know it said that. Wow, you guys, if we're just coming here every Sunday and not doing it, we're deceiving ourselves, period. So if there's anything that you take away from today, I hope it would be one of these things. One, we cannot be disciples of Christ without discipline. If you're not putting in the work to grow your spirit, man, and to submit the flesh, put the flesh under submission, crucify that flesh, as the word says, our flesh in this earthly environment, in this sinful world, this is the perfect place for our flesh to thrive. So if we don't do those things, our flesh will just continue to grow and thrive. Simply put. And we as Christians, it is God's intention that we produce fruit. There's no such thing as a believer, Christian follower of Christ who doesn't look like Christ. We've got to produce that fruit, okay? So um, I hope you guys took something away from that. Like I said, it's also a message for myself. Um, just to be completely honest and transparent, I struggled for a long time to just wake up a few minutes early to read my word, but it's come to a place where I've had to say, Patricia, are you okay with just being mediocre, with just saying that you're a Christian, but not necessarily doing what you're supposed to do? And if you're not okay with it, you got to woman up and do what you got to do. And trust that in that, the Lord will supplement that. And then my relationship will grow and flourish in Christ. And in that the world, if each individual could think that way and act and operate that way, the world can literally be changed. It could be, but it starts with us. All right, so in that, I'm gonna go ahead and close out in prayer. Sorry, y'all really went over time here. Um, Let's pray. <sighs> Jesus, we thank you so, 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 so much. I thank you, Lord, for this message. I thank you for your truth. The truth hurts sometimes. But it's for our benefit. Father, I pray that you help each and every one of us to be disciplined in areas where we lack discipline, Father, help us to look at ourselves. Help us to examine our hearts as your word also says. So that, Lord, we can do the work. So that we can have hearts that bear good soil, that is fertile and will produce fruit. 
Lord, the world needs you. They need you and some will not accept you. That is the honest truth. But God, I just pray that you help us to start right where we are in our own hearts, in our own selves, that we can pay attention to the things that maybe we're letting slide, just let it be acceptable, despite the fact that we know that it's against your word. Help us, Lord God, to be more like you. And Father, as we continue to, as we are disciplined and we continue to walk in that discipline, we start someplace and we continue to mature and continue to grow. I pray, God, that you bless it and that you help us to continue to mature and that nothing, no storms of life, no cares, riches or passions of life will come in, take that seed away but that God, we will be fertile Christians, Christians so that produces more Christians that uh, can reflect who you are. We are to reflect who you are. And I just pray, Lord God, that we will do that. Give us the grace, teach us, speak to us, Help us in areas where we lack. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. It's only you, Lord God. It's only you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.